Hello and welcome. You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch movement. They want to see Matthew 24:14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul. Jeff Whiteman, thanks so much for being willing to do this with us. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we get going, can yeah. we just take a second and pray? Absolutely. Would you lead us in that? I will, absolutely. So, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Christ our God, we come before you uh, just aware that we don't know who is going to hear this and what they need to hear. And so we ask that you would be here in our midst, that you would speak through us, that you would speak to us. Lord, we desperately need your resiliency, and we ask that you would give it to us. For you are good, and you truly do love us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks for setting us off on the right path, too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's dive in. So let's dive in. <laughs> well, Jeff, um, I'd like just first of all for you to share just a little bit for our listeners of of uh, who you are and what makes you the guy for the hour. Yeah. I uh, for that I'm not sure. Um, thanks, Silas and uh, Steve. It's good to be here with you all. <laughs> and uh, I grew up as a missionary kid. We were I was born in Australia. We lived in uh, Papua New Guinea till I was about five. And so I kind of, you know, knew in my muscle memory some of the challenges that missionary families face. Uh, and uh, started working in ministry probably about the year 2000. You know, had a lot of the challenges uh, that, that we all face in ministry. And, you know, had some of those, you know, those beliefs like I could just get to the bottom of it if I just kept working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, and found myself just burning out mm-hmm. powerfully. Uh, and kind of went on to another another place working for our church's organization and continue to feel some of those uh you know those same struggles and challenges and it just seemed to me like you know, i think like i had this sort of like you know this miss uh this wrong belief that god somehow wanted us to suffer for him mm. right yeah um and uh and that this is just what it is ministry is just going to be a challenge is just going to be a struggle. Uh, and that whole time, I just, you know, it's about 10 years of that. And the whole time, there was just this real sense of like, I had no question about whether or not I was called to work in ministry, but I had a whole lot of questions about whether or not I could persevere in that calling. Mm. And I looked around me, and there were other people who I saw that had just kind of like sort of spectacularly burned out. Uh, <laughs> Right. Like they were like these superstars, you know, that became like supernovas. And there are these other people who had kind of gone ahead, but just seemed so like sort of jaded and callous and lifeless. Uh, and it like, you know, I looked at them, I was like, man, this can't be that abundant life that Jesus promised us that he had come to bring. Um, and there are a couple people who would persevere with joy. And those are the people who I was really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, how had they done that? How had they persevered with joy? Uh, and they were living these lives that seemed absolutely authentic, 
You know, they were just totally comfortable with who they were and confident in that and also comfortable with who they weren't. You know, they were just totally authentic. Uh, they were living these lives that seemed so altruistic, like giving generously of themselves, but not over giving, not, not, you know, just giving, you know, of themselves in ways that seemed really altruistic. And they seemed to be living these lives that were so sustainable and significant in ways that I could not even imagine was capable for myself. You know, they were persevering with joy. And so I was like, man, how are they doing it? Who, you know, what's happening here? Uh, and that was like, that was this deep question for me. Um, and so God opened the door for us to come to Asbury Seminary. And I uh, felt like relationships were at the core of that. Um, I got a chance to study marriage and family therapy, which is like, you know, what a great way to study relationships, right? So, <laughs> and uh, got to volunteer in a jail uh, as part of my practicum. And we're doing some relationship uh, and resiliency classes there. And that word resiliency, like, it was like, yes, that's, that's that persevering with joy. That's mm -hmm. that resiliency. So I did my master's in marriage and family therapy. And then uh, after that, I did a THM in missiology and did a focused on this um, resiliency for global workers and started with like a lit review. You know, you talked about like the books on my shelf and like, you know, yep. read everything I could, uh, read all the research I could and uh, put together a model out of that, uh, shared that at a couple of conferences and a couple of places that seemed to connect well with people. It begins this that we experience in ministry insurmountable adversity, right? It's adversity that we just cannot get through in and of ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that's the that's the first piece, and that's the universal piece. And then uh, and then there's this response, and but it's not just the response of the person; it's the response of the people around them and the larger community. And it's these responses that are um, both both in the sort of behaviors and also the beliefs, right? Uh, the habits and attitudes and perspectives. That, that's, the, that's the response. And the outcome is, uh, I, I picked up this language from Karen Carr, and I forget who she got it from, uh, but it's this movement from being a, uh, sensing ourselves as being a victim who's hurting to becoming a survivor who's healing to ultimately being a celebrant who's helping others heal. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and that to me was like the that that was what was so beautiful in the literature. It was like that's that's the movement. Uh, so beneath that was uh, at the same time I was doing that, I found this uh, Japanese pottery called kintsugi. Have you ever seen it? It's where this piece that's been broken is repaired with gold. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, and I'm like that. That's you know like that is a that's a definition of what it means to be a resilient missionary. That's the image. Mm. It's this piece you know that we are in fact broken by the adversity that we experience in ministry. And God puts us together through the loving care of others. And we are, so we're more precious for having been broken, right? Mm -hmm. That like the gold is found in the cracks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, and that, that history is something to honor, not something to hide. Or disassociate from. Or disassociate from. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, so then the next piece was the kind of do a research project to test that out, right? And to just kind of, to actually listen to global workers and to hear from them how they become resilient. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, 
So I put together is basically like a grounded theory mixed method, uh, mixed methods approach. So I want to do like a survey and then do some interviews. Um, and uh, man, this whole story is a story of like God sort of shattering my meager expectations. Uh, <laughs> so I, I went into this with this like dream of having like a hundred people do the survey and talking to a dozen of them and writing up a really beautiful article. And uh, that's just not what happened at all. So we ended up with like, uh, within six months of launching that survey, uh, we had like 1,100 responses. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, it was just like every day. <laughs> and like, I just put it out on like Facebook. Quick question. What do you think that says? Just the fact that people were so eager to be heard. Yeah, I think there's, right, there's that piece of it. Absolutely. Um, there's a piece of it that, yeah, this is something that people care a lot about. Mm. One of the things that I did was in the follow-up email, I asked people if they would just pray for the project. And I learned through that that you don't ask global workers to pray for something mm. uh, and then not expect God to move. And work. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was a big takeaway for me. Encouragement so. to our listeners right now. <laughs> yeah. Their prayers so. are moving heaven and shaking the earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we ended up with like 1,100 responses to the survey. I had like 515 people who wanted information about the interview. And I was like, you know, I can't, like, I don't even know what to do in this situation. Uh, how, how do we do this? So we ended up switching to a written interview. And I made a couple of videos that just kind of like, you know, like try to create as much of a context of like, hey, Silas, I'm, I'm glad we get to talk today. I'm looking forward to hearing your story. And so, and the response to that again was like, it was again, one of those things was like, man, it'd be lovely if people would take like 15 minutes, you know, and if like maybe like 15% of the people would do this, that, that would be awesome. And it was like, I think half the people completed it and their mean time was like 47 minutes. Wow. So they just like shared their hearts. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. Wow. Backing up a little bit, you talked about the lit review. And yeah. uh, about 10 years ago, actually about 12, actually, in fact, uh, there was a, a study on attrition, mm -hmm. uh, not resiliency, but on attrition right. called REMAP2. Yes. And you referenced that in your, in your preliminary findings. How, do, how much does what you did relate to what, what they did in terms of the, the relationship between those studies? Yeah, that's a great question. I like to think about resiliency as the sort of other side of the coin mm -hmm. of attrition. So like, for example, like my, my office is, uh, is super, super cold today. And I have like a little space heater under my desk that went out and uh, the temperatures dropped and I haven't put on the film to, you know, to like, you know, block out the heat. And so it's like the office is cold. Right. Uh, and so I went home and I got, I put on some long underwear and I put on this jacket uh, and uh, that's, um, that's the sort of protective factors. And so what I think about attrition is why do people leave? Mm -hmm. And I think about resiliency as why do people stay? People stay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no bad weather. There's only bad clothing <laughs> or inappropriate clothing. And so resiliency is the like, what's, what's the clothing? Mm -hmm. I love it. That, and that speaks to the, the learnability of resiliency, doesn't it? Totally. Yes. So Jeff, just backing up to what you had shared a moment ago, was it the basic question of all those field workers? Hey, what is it that enables you to stay? I mean, what, yeah. what were people answering when 47, you know, when 50% of the people answered and had an average of 47 minutes worth yeah, of yeah. sharing? Right. All that? 
Yeah. 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 So there's a, there's a couple things to say about that. I mean, the, f- the first and foremost thing to say is that like, this, this was an enormous amount of data. <laughs> like I remember one day, like pulling out my phone and pulling out the calculator app and be like, how many sheets, you know, like this is how many rows, this is how many columns and doing the math. And I was like, no, that can't be right. I gotta, I gotta do that again. You know, a third time. Okay. We're, we're, this is like 96,000 cells, you know? <laughs> Wow. Almost a hundred thousand cells. Like this is a big spreadsheet of data. Um, Yeah. And, and then like the written interviews was the same. Like I was like, went to print it. I was like, this is like 650 pages of raw data. This is like a Russian novel of raw data. So there's like, there's like so much there. So with survey, what we did was we used a standard resiliency scale called the uh, CD risk. And it's been used in, um, research with global workers. And then we just were able to take that CD risk and uh, collect some demographic and psychographic stuff. And then we asked some psychographic stuff like, you know, what are your top three supports? What are your top three stressors? And what are your top three desired resources? Um, so kind of what's working, what's not working, and what are you looking for? And then what ended up being a great question, which was, uh, um, uh, what else about yourself and your experience as a missionary would you like to share? Um, and so that was the survey piece. Um, and then the written interview piece was broke down into three blocks of questions. So the first block was just about kind of how have you been transformed? Um, how has your perspective on ministry and life you know, been changed as you've grown in resiliency? So kind of what's what's been the outcome of this in your life? And then the second block of questions was about, you know, who, who were the people that came alongside you and helped you and how did they, how did they help you? you know, who were they in your life? Um, and really kind of try to get into some of the details of who were the people that supported them. And the third block was about like, what did you specifically do that was helpful? Mm. Uh, so that, yeah, so that, that's how that was all set up. And that's kind of the crux of the matter of, of why we're talking to you today or really what people have said to you in your survey, Jeff, you had sent us the preliminary findings of all yeah. these studies you're speaking of. And if it's okay with you, uh, I wanted to read something that you wrote here, which I just love. You said here, uh, we need to understand the specific ways missionaries personally respond to adversity in ways that build their resiliency. Ultimately, as Christians, we believe that Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection, is the resilient one. I love that. So how are missionaries abiding in him, participating in his mission, and appropriating his resiliency? I'm so thankful you brought into the subject of the Resiliency Podcast the idea of appropriating Jesus's resiliency. I think I've kind of asked you two questions here, sort of obviously study findings is is, uh, the heart of the matter, but also this thing, I would love for you just to share your own heart about what led you to write that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's so funny to hear hear something you've written right back to you. Like, wow, that sounded good. <laughs> I like that. So. <laughs> Three people already. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, seriously. Uh, Jesus is the one who's resilient. You know, in his resurrection from the dead, he is the, like, that is the act of resiliency. Resurrection from the dead. Bouncing back. <laughs> that, yeah. The light, and, ultimate bounce back. Right. Um, and, Paul says in Romans, he says, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead abides yes. in you. Yes, yes. 
And I, I just kind of want to say that to like the person listening right now. That's it. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead abides in you. You know, when I think about some of the adversity that I've experienced in ministry, the kinds of adversities I walk with people through, I have to say that, like, I don't have the resiliency in and of myself. We don't have the resiliency in and of ourselves. This is not stuff that we can grit our way through. This is not stuff that we can self-care, happy, think our way out of. We need Jesus's resiliency to join him in his mission in the world. Amen. So what are some of the findings that you're starting to pull out of, tease out of this? That's ultimately it right there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's the, I mean, you know, that's the, yeah. So I will, uh, uh, what we did with the written interview, we kind of found about 107 codes that got used in over half of the responses. And we had about nine codes that got used in about 85% of the responses. And then we were able to take all those codes. And that all came down to three things, turning towards God, turning towards others, and turning towards ourselves. I'm interested what, what that means, turning toward ourselves, because that, that, uh, that sounds selfish. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. You know, a lot of times when I say that to some people, they're like, oh yeah, you're talking about self-care, right? Like, <laughs> no, actually I'm not. I'm talking about self-compassion. Uh, so, uh, self-compassion, um, the way to think about self-compassion is this, um, when a friend of yours comes to you and says, man, I've really messed up on this thing. How, how do you respond to them? Would obviously just shun them. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. With compassion. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, uh, okay. Now think about like, you know, when you really mess up on something, how, how do you, how do you speak to yourself? Mm. Uh, now I will tell you that if I spoke to my friends, the way that I speak to myself, they, I wouldn't have any friends. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so self-compassion is about being a friend to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm. Being in agreement with, with Jesus. Yeah. That's good. And then what about the turning to others? What does that really mean? Yeah. So there, I mean, obviously there's a lot to unpack here as an MFT. One of the things that I was really delighted by is I kind of had this gut sense that the same same things we know about what makes for lasting love in marriage, what makes marriage work, mm -hmm. we would find some of that same stuff in the relationships the missionaries report as being supportive to them. Now the content's going to be different, but like what it means to like, you know, the the some of the same sort of like skills are going to be there. Uh, so actually, me and my wife do a marriage enrichment class. So we're, we're like, uh, we've been kind of adjusting over the year to be a relationship enriching class, uh, which is about the like the skills of, of turning towards one another. Uh, that, that's, that, that, is, that, that stuff is skill. We can learn how to be empathic. We can learn how to have a positive perspective. We can learn how to approach conflict in ways that are constructive instead of destructive. We can learn to invest in each other, into one another's dreams. We can learn to build rituals of connection and shared meaning, all that stuff, you know? So I'm hearing another episode that we need to pull you in on sometime. <laughs> so. Our listeners just, you know, we're, I, I want, where do I get that? Where do I know more about that? When is this going to air? 15th of January. Okay. Uh, resilient global worker. Okay. Uh, yeah. So right now it's a uh, resilient missionary, but we're, we're switching gears. So yeah, they can get the, the download 
uh, for this. And yeah, we'll be kind of flushing out some of this stuff in the coming year. So what are some of the practices that you found missionaries consistently saying are helpful in any of these areas, the, the turning toward God, turning toward others and turning toward, uh, turning toward yourself? Yeah. Um, let me talk about one thing with turning toward God that I think is really important. Uh, and that's the, that's the practice of lament. Mm. You know, there, there are certainly spheres within Christianity that uh, spiritualize emotions, right? And yet a third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, these Psalms of turning toward God and saying, it's not right. It's not well. Mm-hmm. It's not good. And we need to do that. We need to practice lament. We need to practice turning toward God and, and saying, you know, things are not as they need to be. And we need to remember God's specific faithfulness to us that, that led us to this point. Um, I think that's a really important practice. So acknowledging history, but also being honest about present, the here and now. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. And would you say that too often we we look more, in turning to God, we look more to the the future without acknowledging those very important pieces? Yeah, so in that, one of the things that came out was that it was not as much God's sovereignty and deliverance from adversity that was healing for people. It was rather the intimacy with God who was present in their adversity mm. that mattered. It's that it's, you know, it's Jesus who is Emmanuel, who mm. is with us. And so that, that's a pretty important piece of this. So on that note, I'm going to go back to that phrase, Jeff, appropriating his resiliency. You teased out, as Silas likes to say, how people have appropriated Jesus's resiliency. What have you discovered about people appropriating Jesus's resiliency in the midst of adversity? Yeah, Steve, um, I think that we need to just simply ask Jesus to give to us his resiliency Mm. so that we can join him in his mission in this world. Love it. Love the simplicity of it. Enough said. (laughs) Seriously. That's correct. Yep. How about best best practices for for turning toward others? Yeah. So there, I mean, there are a couple of sides with that, right? There's a, one is the um, both the like turning toward people who are helpful, and also uh, setting limits and boundaries with people who are not. Mm. You know. So there, there's two sides of that, right? When we talked, one of the things that stood out to me was when we asked people kind of, who, who are these people that, that showed up in your life and who were helpful to you? It was very common to see multiple people having, having, this, having these kind of functions in people's lives. And it was also very, very common to see it being uh, people who are in my context, um, who know uh, who I'm doing life with, with these honestly, friendships, friendships of reciprocity and mutuality, uh, where it's where we are, where we are caring for one another, and that we're doing this together for the long haul. Uh, Mm. That 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 really stood out. Another, another big component were the people who kind of show up in those moments of crisis or growth or seasons of transition, um, and can and can come alongside and be helpful in those moments. Um, 
So, but a turning toward begins with that kind of that self-compassion piece that says that like, hey, it's, you know, I'm comfortable in who I'm not. I'm confident in who I am, which means it's okay for me to ask for help, mm-hmm. for support. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have to like have it all together. That, you know, I can reach out for help without shame. That's, that's a huge piece of this. Yes. So vital. So Jeff, one of the questions that we, we always ask, if, if there was one thing that you would want a listener to take away, what would that be? Yeah, I would summarize this as simply that global workers need Jesus's resiliency to join him in his mission in the world. And they receive that as they turn towards God, turn towards others and turn towards themselves for loving support. <laughs> So I love good. it, Jeff. I love how succinctly you've been able to put that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've done like two presentations this fall, right? like PTM <laughs> and MHM. So, <laughs> so it's been, yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's the, the, the that's the, that's the thing. So yeah. there it is. Mm. I'm, I'm thankful that Silas's vision for the resiliency podcast was, was like, how can we help global workers build resiliency, increase resiliency. And and Jeff, today I'm so thankful for you saying we need to, you know, walk in such intimacy with Jesus that we are learning from him how to appropriate his resiliency. Such a beautiful, beautiful truth and statement that you've brought into the conversation on resiliency. Uh, We've interviewed field workers and Several of our of our episodes already have had people just passionately sharing about their deep, deep love for Jesus and walk with Jesus. So they're doing it, but you're just affirming that the real key to resiliency in in ministering cross culturally is that abiding peace, and that yeah. you've added the appropriation of His resiliency. That same Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Yes, Lord. It's awesome. We, we love to have our, our guests just take what God's given to them and impart that through prayer to us and to the listeners. So, Jeff, as we close up today, can you just pray a prayer of blessing and impartation? Yeah, absolutely. So, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, O Heavenly King, the Comfort of the Spirit of Truth, who art everywhere present and who fills all things, treasury of blessings and giver of life. Come and abide in us. Cleanse us from all impurity and save our souls, O good one. Lord Jesus, I want to come before you aware that there are people listening to this who who are wondering if they can persevere in their calling. Mm. There are people listening who are uh, weary in walking with you. I want to ask that you yourself would extend your hand from heaven and would bless them and would encourage them, would invite them into your rest, give to them your resiliency. When it is a joy to co-labor with you, grant us to see that joy again. We pray these things in your name because you are good, because you indeed love us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well, friends, that's it for this week's episode. 
This episode has been produced by me, Silas West, with help from my co-host, Steve Finley. We are so grateful for the generosity of our guests for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much. We also want to give a big shout out to the band Honest Men, who wrote and performed the music in our intro and outro. Special thanks for the voice talent of Sarah Neely, who introduced us at the beginning of the episode. If you liked what you heard, encourage your friends to subscribe and tune in in two weeks from now for the next episode of Resiliency. Resiliency.